we haven't even recorded the open yet. <laughs> oh, all, the, all the people, <laughs> all the the people that are that are criticizing pronouns, they they're the biggest user of pronouns of them all. He. Yep. Yep. He. Been gendered. It. F- been gendered from year one, from day one. He, capital he. Is, or, yeah. or is that not a pronoun or is that a proper noun because it's a person well it's being. capitalized so yeah that's special it's got special connotation there oh but yeah i think the, like the he, holy like, ghost like he gets us not not sentence right. case he the big he baby the big he the ro- bigger than the royal he the ultimate he gets us but i think the holy ghost they they try to make neutral they don't like to say it but you know they don't want to put gender on the Holy Spirit because that's a spirit. Why is it doesn't have doesn't have a dick? Why isn't the spirit <laughs> a they? Uh, yeah, deep it, thoughts, man. Y- yeah, deep man. Thoughts, oh, we're getting dude. real heavy, philosophical, and <laughs> oh wow, philosophical. Blew my man. mind, man. Blew <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> okay, well maybe we should. Uh, Maybe we should, should start the, the sucker. Yeah, why yep. not? All right. I'm ready. I think. from a basement and above a garage in suburban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jeff. This is still a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will still challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the unholy merger of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember to buckle up and put on your critical thinking cap because now is not a time for the faint of heart or the faint of brain. Episode 124 with some old school and new school topics. And for the old school, there was an extended good old fashioned revival at a Christian university in Kentucky. And as for the new or current school, much of the media decides that gender is front and center of the latest school shooting, unlike others. We will explain. And off we go. So, so yeah. Not too many revi- not too many revivals hit the mainstream media or the public consciousness like this one. Yeah, this was quite a, a big deal, and uh, and it and it did make a, a big media blitz, and it's still kind of going on many corners. They're still trying to analyze and figure out, you know, what this was about, yada yada yada. Um, but are you familiar what a revival is, Jerry? Coming from the Catholic tradition, you may not have experienced revival in your Catholic church. Oh. Uh... <laughs> no, no. And, you didn't have any tent revivals, or no? Uh, you know what? Total speculation. And this was decades ago. But revivals, I think, to heavy Catholics or serious Catholics, were kind of un uncivilized. Something that the you know that they would say with their hands to the side of the mouth. Something that the Baptists do. Or people mm. like that, like right. that, and you were completely correct that that is not part of any Catholic tradition I was ever a part of. So I don't know what a revival is. I have a probably a simplistic, mm, uh, you know, a simplistic view. Probably mm-hmm. more from what I've seen on on like TV and movies than what an actual revival is. So I also tell me more. Well, yeah, I mean, so a lot of people, when they think of revivals, think of, of uh, Billy Graham and his, you know, big tent revival things. And, you know, they play the uh, just as you are music and people would go down to take Jesus into their heart and kind of. And so that that was a form of it. But the history goes 
way back into the 1700s in this country. Um, I think it was called the Second Great Awakening, where they, they had these um, preachers that would go out. And, and most of these preachers were from the Methodist tradition. You know, that was kind of a new thing into the Georgia. The, the Wesley brothers came over. Actually, they, they landed in Georgia um, and kind of started spreading this Wesleyan kind of um, idea, which was uh, more of a, an experiential kind of thing. So they would do these revivals where they get people kind of whipped into a frenzy. And so they think they would be feeling the movement of the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, that's, uh, very beneath, that's very beneath the Catholic side. As it was on, you know, most of the, you know, like the Presbyterian and the Lutheran side where they used to call them the frozen chosen, <laughs> you know, because they, they would just sit in their pews, very reserved, wouldn't get up, wouldn't raise their hands or, you know. So this is not a mainline thing. Well, it is from the standpoint, it, it came out of the, of the Methodist church and the Methodist church is considered a mainline church, but. To me, it's, it's, for many different reasons, kind of an outlier. It's got more evangelical tendencies than the other churches do, the other mainline churches do. And it's got this um, holiness aspect to it. They call it the Wesleyan holiness movement. It goes back, um, I forget how long that goes. but I, Well, anyway, in the 1800s for sure. Um, so it has so roots. It's been go- it, yeah, it's got long, deep roots. Um, what, what, and what is it, when you say experiential, as opposed to what? Well, I mean, you know, from your experience in the Catholic Church, you basically sit there, listen to a sermon, hopefully not in, in Latin, hopefully, you know, in a, a language you can understand. It's your choice. But, I mean, they, they still had smells and bells, so there was kind of an experience kind of thing to it that put you in a, a framework that you were more receptive to you know, to Jesus and God and all that kind of stuff. You know, they had the icons, they had the the statues and all that kind of stuff. So there were definite, you know, pushes towards that kind of thing. But the holiness movement takes that to a whole nother level. Um, And so it's where you've actually, you know, claim and feel like you've had the Holy Spirit come upon you. Um. And, so, you know, so you feel it in your bones. You feel it in your bones. And, you know, for some people, that's where they start raising their hands. That's where they start dancing. Some not in, It's more in the Pentecostal, which is also kind of a branch off this whole thing. Pentecostal goes more into speaking in tongues and healing. Um, the Wesleyan holiness movement has some of that. But the main thing is just, you know, kind of feeling that um, infusion of the Holy Spirit. I think that's, that's beneath, is that considered beneath, like, Catholics or or more traditional? Like, well, that, th- like that feeling it in your bones, because it was more in your heart and your head, right? Right, you would right, feel exactly. It in your right. soul as opposed to, I got the music in me and I got to right. move and right. the, the Lord is, is, is making me do this stuff. Right, yeah, it was it was definitely more um, in the head because you know you had Sunday school classes where you and Bible study and things like that where, you know, that's where you got into the theology of it, and so you 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 know your your faith was kind of held in place by uh, theology, and so you didn't really need you didn't think you needed the experience part of it to make sense of that where this holiness movement is is taking much more advantage of that experiential kind of thing. And I see, you know, the problem with that, that I see, and, and before I forget, you were asking about, you know, do they kind of poo-poo that kind of thing? It's harder and harder for them to do that. A lot of, in fact, there's kind of a, a holiness movement within the Catholic Church. I forget what it's, what it's called. But some of these mainline churches, because it's, it's growing all around, are being kind of forced into accepting some of these kind of, um, um, you know, different aspects of it into their, into their services, um, you, you know, where they encourage more marketing. It is. I mean, it's always been marketing. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, 
back in the um, uh, you know when the P Pentecostal movement came out in the early 1900s, that was because they saw kind of a decline in church activity. Same thing with the uh, the other the other thing is kind of interesting uh, tied to this is the uh, what they call the Jesus movement, which was like a, a like a 19 late 60s early 70s Jesus freak movement that kind of started out in California. Mm -hmm. Same kind of start there, where this church pastor kind of noticed a decline in, you know, the young people coming to his church, you know, kind of disengaging. And so he connected with this hippie Jesus freak guy. And so, you know, kind of found a whole new way to present Jesus to a new generation. So that kind of started the uh, the Jesus freak or the Jesus movement. And And what's kind of interesting on that, too, is the same month as this Asbury revival, February was when a uh, the, the movie The Jesus Revolution came out, and it's kind of a um, a movie looking back at the history of this Jesus freak movement thing. It's got uh, Kelsey, what's his name? Kelsey Grammer is one of the stars oh, in it. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. So. That was kind of a revivalist kind of movement that, you know, was going on during the 70s. Asbury um, University also had a revival back in 1970. So back in the 70s, there was this big, you know, youth drive for um, bringing the kids to Jesus. And, and so that, that holiness kind of thing was kind of, the, kind of the trigger, kind of the, kind of the key to it. They've, always, they've been around for hundreds of years. They're usually, I assume, kind of ebb and flow for various reasons, but I would imagine hucksters back in the day would get involved. I mean, the whole curing people of ailments and diseases is kind of a, a revival, what's the word? Not a trope, but, you know, they do these at revivals where somebody gets wheeled up in a wheelchair and feels the Holy Spirit, oh, yeah. and Benny Hinn... It, they, yep. they turned into TV yep. shows. Oh, they yeah. turned into TV yep. shows and the TV networks, and they made people famous. And you know, they made movies about them reverentially and basically saying that they're kind of like crooks. Yeah, James Randall did a, a Randy Randall, the Amazing Randy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he did a documentary on on that. Years back, kind of showing that this is all kind of fake and how they did it and that kind of thing. And they did a they did a very they did a very rever, almost reverential article about an eleven year old girl who was oh, cured yeah, yeah. of a bunch of diseases at the Asbury, at the Asbury revival. Right. And this eleven year old didn't talk like any eleven year old I've ever been around. Remarkably well thought and intelligent person but the, probably the most interesting thing about it was it was written by the article was written by the congressional co correspondent for CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. First of all she's the congressional correspondent for the network and then she writes an article that's straight out of you know the fantasy that people can go to these revival events and be cured of these diseases and my you know my cancer is gone or all of a sudden I can walk again and she's presenting this as a as something that absolutely happened but she's Factual, the granddaughter yeah. of Pat Robertson <coughs> oh wow and Did not I was know that. I didn't put two and two together when I was reading this because uh. folks we actually do research <laughs> uh, and was like oh my god she is a she could she could be the next host because somebody is yep. going to host the 700 club uh and i would assume it would be somebody with the last name robertson uh, that doesn't hurt yeah they're not going to let that empire fade away for sure i mean they got too, mu too and, much money tied up in she's that. she's she's a very polished tv presence wouldn't be surprised at all to see her take over the the family brand uh, in one way, shape, or form. That's a that's a big network. There's a lot of people that watch that. Oh yeah. And they show that 
Do you think their audience really believes that? Do you think believes that, it? Do you think that, that people, she was healed? Yeah. For sure. You do. For sure, they believe that. So, yeah. So, the, so what percentage of the people that watch the Seven Hundred Club do you think actually believe that? I, that believe that she was healed during the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I would bet probably hundred percent if they're oh, you know regular no viewers. Way. No, yeah. for real. I, I to me, if you're tuning into that show, I mean, because they got a long history of that kind of stuff. You know, the 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 mir- miraculous healings and all that kind of stuff. And not not limited to them. Not, not limited no. to them. Lords. No. Catholics are in on that with lords, and. Yeah. Uh, more than that, uh, but you think they you think they actually believe that this eleven year old girl walked in with a disease what was it like an esophageal kind of ailment I, I didn't dig that much into it to know exactly what she was cured of it was like e o e I thought it was esophageal something like a swallowing uh celiac and oh. Um, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce this because I would, I would butcher it better. You're not a, you're not a doctor. Uh, eosinophilic esophagitis or EOE. I probably butchered that. You walk in with these, you feel the spirit and you walk out without them. Well, what's interesting if it's, you know, the disease that I, I just quickly kind of looked up. Is, is like meditation can help subside some of the symptoms. So mm. that feels a yeah, tad it, dubious it, on the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, no, I, I'm just saying that, you know, there's, there's all kinds of explanations. If this kid really did notice uh, a subsiding of her symptoms, there's any number of explanations because, you know, we're pretty confident it wasn't the Holy Spirit that would have changed anything. No. So if I she is telling the truth. Confident, I'm confident about another thing, that she did not get cured of this in any way, shape, or form at this revival. Yeah, or, or maybe, you know, hey, I can swallow a little bit better. I must be cured kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's and, probably and de- degrees. How, do, how does that explain the celiac? Don't don't have a clue about that. Yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing too is is like the president of this university when this first started going on, they intentionally didn't want um, famous pastors and things like that from taking it over. Like Pastor Greg Locke was one of them that went there, and they made him just you know he could sit there and witness witness it, but <laughs> they wouldn't let him get up and speak which or anything like that. Great, which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they wanted to make, you know, to, to avoid all those kind of connotations and have anybody steer it any one direction. The other guy that was there, I think I sent you a, an audio thing on that, was uh, Shane Claiborne, who's like the progressive evangelical. He, he wasn't allowed to, you know, he could report on it, but, but he couldn't, couldn't uh, speak either. So they, they pretty much let it be organic, but... The organic nature of it itself, to me, is kind of the the dangerous aspect, where because I think yeah, it was like fifteen thousand people on a daily basis went to experience that in in that little small town in in Kentucky. Total over the the whole what did I say two and a half weeks yeah was uh, fifty to seventy thousand people. That's that's who actually you know went there. And you figure out, you know, how this was publicized, how churches, how, you know, the Christian Broadcasting Network is is promoting this thing. So the reach of it is, you know, probably in the millions would be my guess. Well, we're talking about it. We're, yeah. You know, so, so our, our uh, listeners are going to know about it. Um, so we're helping spread the, spread the word. Our listeners, our listeners probably knew more about it than your average either non-practicing or, you know, marginally religious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they did, they probably heard it as this spontaneous eruption of the Holy Spirit in this small Kentucky town. I mean, the, the fact that CBN is doing articles on it, and the article that I just uh, was 
referencing was like two days ago. Yeah. Oh, they're still talking about. Yeah. yeah. There's any any number of, of religious press um, reporters that are still covering this in some form or fashion. You know, because it's still kind of going on. It was kind of spread out to other, you know, religious universities, to other churches, and things like that. So, still the um, the shock waves, if you can call it that, you know, are still going out. So, and that's that's the thing. You know, they the the last. Notorious one they had was in 1970, but it only lasted like a week, and only you know it was maybe a few thousand people that it impacted. You know the difference nowadays is the internet and social media. You know where in a split second, you know the students that were feeling this revival, you know on that first day, you know spread this out, and so it just went viral. And that's why you had all these people coming in to experience it. And that, that so, just feels like it would supercharge the, the hucksterism. Oh, I'm sure, you know, that's going to be a lot of the fallout. I don't know if they're going to consider it fallout, but um, from from our <laughs> um, perspective, well, you, there's definitely going to be a lot of fallout this, from it. This is, you, you, could, you could look at this at face value, that this was a genuine organic outpouring of faith not corrupted not uh the subject of you know not from an email campaign asking for money it was just people showing up to pray Uh, that's the probably the friendliest way an atheist or an agnostic or humanist would describe this revival well, and that's that's how it started out for sure. You know, it's like one person did some kind of a repentance kind of thing. It was like during their normal chapel. You know, but this it university that, but has it finished that way too, though. W- I mean, it, what it, on one not, one it, person doing not a with one repentance? person, but it 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 didn't it it didn't get sponsored. It didn't get right. It didn't seem it didn't seem to get you know negatively co opted during the event because they they didn't let it in that respect i mean would i attend one do i do i think i would get there and feel the holy spirit in me no obviously not when i read these overly reverential articles like in in cbn about this 11 year old girl Mm -hmm. they don't they don't they quote they, they quote her name, and and her mom's name. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, the, like the fam the family's all in on it. It doesn't sound like an eleven year old who's talking, and I'm I'm not gonna believe that somebody walked in, and got cured, of a disease, of two chronic conditions. Like uh, I'm not from an eleven year old. No, not for not from a forty one year old. Somebody right. getting wheeled up and all of a sudden they can walk after whatever condition and however long they've been doing it. No, this article does get ridiculous though, because it says the first miracle performed, no, sorry, the first miracle God performed involved getting the family past the long lines and getting them inside the the chapel. Oh, so they cheated? So They they skipped the lines? Well, the first miracle was a Holy Spirit-induced fast pass. And, <laughs> and, and Moses of the traffic gods separated all the cars so they could drive their RV right in. I mean, even by Catholic standards in the sainthood process, this is a low-level miracle. And the fact that well, a miracle is... God perform this miracle is come on, give me a break. Well, okay, so so you have to understand, and I'm sure you do, that evangelicals are known for their lying. <laughs> so well, I, I'm, I'm I think pre- they would I think they, they would phrase that slightly differently. Em- embellishment. <laughs> They're known for um, their lying. <laughs> lying for lying for the Lord. But you know what I'm saying is, is like you know if they want to make a story they're gonna they're gonna make it how how it's gonna fit 
you know, where, where they want it to go. So I don't, I don't put a lot of faith in those things being totally accurate as far as even how they got there, you know, let alone the miraculous healing kind of thing. Well, it, it, but, I mean, on the does, other end of mir- that. Like, why does it always have to be like this series of miracles? It was well, because, a miracle that, that the, the traffic subsided. It was a miracle that we had a spot. Somebody left and we got a spot right up front. They actually say... <laughs> they actually say in this, we walked up and immediately we were like, is there any party of four here? We were a party of four and we walked right in. Oh, my like, goodness. Just this, like at every step of the way, it was this mundane miracle before the, the main act, the right. big kahuna miracle. It, it sounds in some ways heartless. Because you don't wish disease or suffering on anybody, but For being sure. able to, it does, it is offensive to people who couldn't get there or didn't feel the Holy Spirit in the right way because they wheeled out of there feeling just as physically terrible as they did when they went in. Did they do it wrong? All right. Did they? Did they? Does that? Do you think that weighs on people? who don't get that feeling or is it just this hope and faith that you know what next time it'll happen to me the lord will speak to me this way do they do they always feel hopeful like it's just around the corner or do they take it as a sign that they're not being devout enough i mean wouldn't it mess yeah it mess with your head for sure. And I think that is a really good point. I think that's a lot of what's going on here. I know, you know, in some of the podcasts I was listening to kind of talking about this, as a, especially the Shane Claiborne ones, um, which he claimed some healing in there, but it was more of a like of, of mental illness and depression, you know, not so much the physical things that you could really prove, but, you know, those kind of Healing, like a lifting, like a lifting of your of the burdens of your, in your anxiety. Burdens, your anxiety. right? Because you repented, so you're all cleared and good to go. That um, that seems like a a more gentle, modern twist of going right, this right. That's that ailments. Right, yeah. That's per, the more progressive end of this, where they're trying to downplay, you know, that he healed my uh, broken leg or whatever. Um, I've gone to. I but, went to the revival, and I don't have to take Xanax anymore. Right, right. And could it be just because you had a good communal experience with others that that you know you felt love? That could have that could have done. Yeah, it. Probably but nothing wrong with that. No. Oh, and that like I say, that's a big part of that experience. It's a human experience. Anytime you gather, you know, you've been to concerts before, and so you're packed in with all these people. You have this music that is just you know vibrating the whole place and there's this energy so you kind of feel um i don't know how you would describe it but kind of a spiritual kind of a experience you know what i'm Ab- saying i mean absolutely a- absolutely versus listening to a recording at home in your earbuds when you're there you know with what a, I'm when, you, when you're there with a, a a thousand other people that are right that are there's an energy energy right. there's a connectedness you like yep. you like the same music. It makes you feel. It makes you dance. It, it and seeing it live, you yep. you you know the people that are doing it. That's absolutely my church, baby. Yeah, and so that's what these people are doing. They were going to uh, the Holy Spirit concert, basically. But um, but what Shane Claiborne was trying to get across in his podcast several times, and and some of the people he interviewed tried to make this point too is you don't have to go to Asbury for the Holy Spirit to infuse you or whatever. You know, you, you can do that anywhere. So, I mean, they're trying to downplay that you have to go there uh, to, to, you know, experience this, otherwise you're SOL. But, you know, how many people are actually going to believe that? You know, next time one of these things hit, there's going to probably be you know, a hundred thousand people or more going because they they feel they have to be there in person to experience it. It'll be interesting to see if there is a snowball effect, or if this is a if this is a one-off. Like, how frequently 
do revivals have to happen for it really to be considered a movement? Well, and they've kind of set the bar high on this one now, too. So if there was a small revival that happened, um, what's, what's the North Georgia Christian College? I can't think of an example, but, but let's say revival breaks out there and now it's just 50 Barry's people. Barry, yeah, that would be a good example then. Um, but if it's only like a one day and you know fifty kids experience it, no, that's not going to make that's not going to make the news anymore because you've already set the bar that you have to have um, you know fifteen thousand people daily tracking to your place for it to be a revival. Well, or uh, maybe they don't want to have just fifty, and maybe they put they put their social media marketing on blast, and they yep. they they go out of their way to attract more people that's definitely what this generation would do i mean they, they yeah yeah they don't do anything without a hashtag i have not heard yeah, they, i have not heard of any you know maybe maybe it's a maybe it maybe it's a one-off yeah but i mean the, the the thing is 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 how you define revival too is like um i'm drawing a blank on the guy's name uh louis giglio you know what i'm talking about who has these high school and college gatherings and they're huge he usually does them like at the at the um, uh, I don't know if he's done it at the Georgia or at the Benz I know he used to do them at the, at the Georgia Dome but I think it's down at the Benz too pretty big I mean you know so you know thousands and thousands of kids and they're doing this music and they're doing these preaching things and repentance kind of things so you know they're still the kids that go to those kind of things still are going to claim that's the Holy Spirit that they feel this moving them, that experience kind of thing. So, are their parents? And that, are their parents bringing them to this? Are they going as organized groups from churches, or are your from fifteen-year-olds telling their parents, "I have to go to Giglio Stock or whatever"? It so, is. yeah, my my best guess on that, and it's just a guess. Um, is that the families that, that have kids attending these have been in like these mega churches, evangelical mega mega churches that are doing these kind of things on a regular basis anyway. Like in their youth groups, they do these kind of you know camp retreats and things like sure. that, where they're kind of giving this. Experience. So this is just a large scale of that. So I think it's probably both. And the kids want to go because they know they're going to be a bunch of you know other kids their age there you know that they get to meet and hang out with um their parents want it because they know it's going to keep their kids from the evil of uh, of the devil and things like that so i mean and that that is another component of this they they, they speak very much about the dynamic uh, de- demonic forces you know satan if you don't repent that gives satan a chance to come in so there's that kind of spiritual warfare kind of component so there's, a, to it so there's also. an enemy like there's a, a an visceral, enemy, right? Satan is a visceral enemy and yep. a real yep. thing and something that needs to be avoided and fought and not succumb to. Right, yeah. You know, feeling this experience, you know, kind of puts Satan at, at, at bay. So, you know, it, it's, it's all for the you're good. Gonna, you're going to fight Satan by being, by being this pure and being holy. Right. Prompts a question that this revival did not seem to be of the mega churches is this was this mm. a mega church the people that went did they go to mega churches it didn't feel like I, they went to the the Joel Osteen or the Andy Stanley or the big suburban concert hall worship centers the people that went are those Andy Stanley people, or are they smaller denomination people, or uh, folks from smaller uh, de- denominations? I, I would say it would be kind of a combination of it. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see an Andy Stanley person not going because in any of these mega churches, as well as in these smaller churches, there's that growing element of this holiness movement if you want to call it, or Pentecostalism. Um, there was a, um, FFRF 
had a, 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 an author on recently talking about the rise of Pentecostalism. These are, these are kind of similar kind of movements. And, and so it was happening worldwide. And this is like one of the U.S. exports again, just like evangelicalism, Pentecostalism is that same kind of export. So that's, that's on the increase. And that's why some of these, these uh, mega churches maybe aren't, aren't pushing it specifically, but are including it in some of their, their worship practices. I would think I would that say. they thought it could be a threat to them. Hmm. Like, the, like, mm-hmm. like keep it arm's length, but we don't want that taken over our five to ten thousand parishioner machine. Well, it depends on what you're saying that is. Okay, so Asbury College, you know, the, the students that, that go there um, are probably from all over the spectrum. I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's, they, they call it a non-denominational college, mm-hmm. but it's definitely very conservative in nature. In other words, they're one man, one woman, you know, no sex before marriage. So very much that literate, same. Li- um, literal? Yes, er- inerrancy, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, anti-gay, um, Out- purity culture kind of thing. anti-gay. Yeah. So these, this sounds to the right of North Point. It's, yeah, I, 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 but I it's know not, this though. Is, this is, yeah, this yeah. is very thin ice territory for you. Because I know that you don't think there's a there's a terrible amount of difference between the two, but I don't think well, Andy Stanley's church was putting together a bunch of buses and sending people to Asbury or any of the other big churches. And I also did not read a lot about racial diversity. So was right, I think this right. was it's, pretty much entirely white. It yep. did not feel, to use a religious term, blessed by the big congregations because I don't think they want that in their church because well, they, they can't control that message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's my, that's well, my they guess. can steer it, though. They can steer it, but I mean, they like can, I they say... They can co-opt it. And, well, and, and like I say, Andy Stanley's church, you know, when we went there, we experienced that kind of thing where they had the the music and the light show and all that kind of thing and there was like fog machines too right Absolutely. am i imagining it, that? it, it, it yeah, was a yeah. it was a it was a production and the the songs the way they do the songs you know and then when they kind of quiet and the, and the uh, you know the lead singer has a little prayer message kind of thing it's all done to play on your emotions so even the Andy Stanley church is using components of this holiness movement if we want to put it under that umbrella, in their services, but where the you know the theology you're saying is not really an anti-gay church, but if you go to any of their, um, what do they call them, small groups mm-hmm. that they do in homes and things like that, where they're getting into the Bible, no, you're not going to find much deviance at all from the inerrancy and the you know one man one woman theology. They're not going. They're not going to expand the horizons on I that. I think they're they they are they are way they are way slicker than that. Well they're slick because they don't present it during the uh they're not preaching it. Andy Stanley isn't doing right. any anti gay sermons. Right. Yeah, but sure he's not. also not doing any any pro <laughs> LGBTQ sermons or, you know, pro um we don't. We we've, we haven't been in years. Maybe haven't been in a while. Maybe it's time. Ugh. Yeah. Well, maybe see, if, see if things maybe change. Get Don to go. He'd do that. <laughs> he, he, he would do that. Uh, uh, it, it'll it'll be it, it'll be interesting to watch, or look out for at least, because the atheist Twitter and the atheist movement keeps up with these things more than like regular, yeah, yeah. you know, regular old you know old people do. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Like I say, the FFRF had that. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the author's name right now. That wrote a book on the rise of Pentecostalism. So, yeah, they're putting the stuff out there. In fact, they were also doing the thing on on white Christian nationalism. So they're definitely on top of these, uh, you know, growing trends. 
And uh, and to me, you know, the biggest thing that I'm fearful of in this is because of that experiential component of it, where they they feel deep down in the mar- you know the bone marrow or whatever that they experience the living God or the Holy Spirit, and you can't deconstruct the Bible for people that have had that that experience. I mean, maybe you can, but it's increasingly more difficult to do that. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that evangelicalism has not died away like the, uh, the mainline churches have. That's why Pentecostalism is, is, is on the rise, is because of that fact by itself. It would be interesting to, to know what the real numbers are on that, though. Like when we say that it's, it's on the rise, from like 6 to 7%, what what is that, and, and well, where, where is the rise coming from? Who? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is global, you know, so okay. it, it may be less okay. of a rise in the U.S., but where I see the rise is the influence in, the in you know, not just the mainline church, but also in evangelicalism, you know, the, the traditional Baptist church, if you will, you know, which, which you know, Maybe the ones out in the country still have an organ and things like that, but a few articles that glowingly quote uh, New York Cardinal Dolan talking about this in an interview on Fox News. Basically, talking about the revival, absolutely. Talking oh, about I didn't the revival hear that. in glowing terms and basically saying that if Catholics only took Lent as seriously as the people who t- went to this revival take their religion that Hmm. seems exceedingly rare that it happened on fox news it's kind of eyebrow raising but to have a to have the most influential u.s cardinal talk about a revival like that in kentucky in such glowing terms first of all it feels completely calculated and second of all you know what side of the the theology ball Cardinal Dolan is on. I don't For think sure. he's a big fan of the current Pope and liberal Catholicism at at all. Yeah, he wants to make the church great again. He, oh, you know, <laughs> fact, man, fact. And he'll have a red MAGA Cardinal hat on. The next, yep. the next... Papal, what do they even call it? Don, where are you when we need you? Uh, when they, when they, when they bring the cardinals in to vote on the, you know, to vote uh, the next pope, will be extremely, oh yeah, where they do the smoke chimney, extremely yeah. interesting. Oh, for because sure. Because I think it's going to be treated like your average congressional, presidential, govern, gubernatorial election here. Like, this is the most important election yep. of a pope ever. The conservative, traditional side is going to do anything and everything they can not to yep. get another one of these liberal popes like the, yep. the one we have now. You know, they, don't, they don't want somebody sneaking out and washing homeless people's feet. Well, or, or saying that, that maybe we need to reconsider if priests can marry. You know, that kind of liberal yeah. bullshit there. You know. <laughs> and, and that's one of the reasons, as far as popes in my lifetime go, he is he is a vast improvement over yeah. previous ones. That That's a Catholicism that I will not go back to, but that I can appreciate, not worry that they're trying to take us back to the Dark Ages, like the Antonin Scalia and Samuel Alito type Catholics. Right, or the Ratzenberger. Did he die? I'm trying to... I think he did. I think he did. I don't keep up with all the Catholic news like I, like I should. And, and the current Pope, Pope Franny, uh, Franny. I we heard, was, was in the... Uh, Hospital for a respiratory. Yeah, he's he's not he's not a young infection, man. So he's not a young he's man. Not a young so man. yeah, I can I can see like you know to your point. Um, so like with um, 
uh, Obama and then Trump, we had Blacklash. I think we'll have Pope Lash. I think it's in in this I, one. I think it will be. I think it will be interesting, and it will be the most watched process oh, yeah. ever. Yep. Watched yep. and dissected and analyzed, and that that'll be. Uh, that that'll that'll be interesting. You know, we touched on it in the open really quickly, but the shooting in Nashville, as horrible as all all of the rest of them, but the focus on the gender of the shooter was completely unusual and never really been done before. And now, now she's being called the transgender terrorist. They're they're hashtagging that, and never once have they talked about anybody's sexual orientation, except maybe for some. There's there's so many, you know, unfortunately that you, you can dissect them into. Well, this one was at a church, and this one was at a workplace, and this one was at a gay bar, and this one. This is the first one that I can remember that they focus on the gender assignment, the sexual orientation. Uh, it's one of the one of the first things that came up. Well, and the police department kind of botched it on the on the get go. Also, you um, think? I think orig- I It seems to me that originally they were saying that um, she was biologically a female and then identified as a male and then they reverse that it's, kinda, it's hard I, I though it's hard at the beginning of or during one of these processes to to get everything right all the time and sure, the, sure. the the voracious appetite for tidbits of information it doesn't lead to immediate and instant understanding and I, I, I thought the, the police kind of handled it well. They didn't intentionally throw gas on the fire. They were, they were, I thought they were properly respectful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they were trying to be sensitive, but I, I think, and I don't, you know, know whose fault it was, but, you know, it's probably kind of hard to get all that stuff I, Right, it, until it, you've right. talked to enough people. It's, it's, it's impossible. And, you know, things, right. are, things are moving really fast. The facts of these <laughs> things are going to change, you know, 50 times. They didn't really attempt to assign a narrative to it. But they did mention the fact that the shooter was trans. And as soon as mm-hmm. they did, that was the only thing that mattered. You right. Know, Marjorie Taylor Greene went off on yeah, that. And, like, and, and, yeah. and that whole... That whole side of Twitter, that that whole side of thinking, now it is all about the fact that that person, uh, that that person was trans. There are so few facts that are out there that that I have right. seen. So they showed you the video very quickly of the shooter blasting her way into the into the building which was scary enough you know watching these these door windows just shatter you know the cops going in at considerable peril but after that don't know much more than that at this right. at the time we're recording we still don't have the, the supposedly there's a manifesto how you know how much information is in that, but we still don't have that information, so we still don't know, you know, the why, and you know, so we're always trying to fill in the blanks for things that we don't have the facts too on quickly. yet. Yeah. Too quickly, you know, yeah. too quickly, and yeah, I have not seen, you know, the forensic detail of social media because normally they will go in and they'll look at every Facebook post and every mm-hmm. tweet or mm-hmm. every Instagram post. Haven't right. haven't seen that. Haven't seen quotes from people, friends, hangers on, anybody that Right. Interesting. Like, yeah. None of that has if if it's happened, 
I certainly haven't seen it. And maybe we've just are so desensitized that that type of information doesn't really matter. And maybe the only thing it does is that the, the, the shooter was trans. But you know a little bit about the denomination of the school. Yes, it's a very conservative Presbyterian denomination, the PCA, Presbyterian Church in America. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely anti-gay, anti-trans, um, you know, one man, one woman, all that kind of stuff down, down the line. Supposedly, the, the shooter attended that school years back. She's, what, 28 now? So that would have been... For, it, was, you know, it was for a handful of years, though. I think three, three yeah. or four, maybe. So not, not, not a long time. Oh, okay. I was thinking she was older than... No, no, she she did not she did not attend the school, like all the way through. They oh okay okay only gotcha, for, gotcha. I want to say I want to say it was okay. three years. Right, right. I have seen an article that allegedly the uh, her parents would not accept the fact that she was gay and trans. Right, and if they're you know members of that denomination, that's that's. Their theology, right. And that's speculation and conspiracy on, on my part. But it's like, I wonder if there is some kind of a connection there, you know. That, you, but uh, you'll never know. You, I, you'll, you'll, you'll never know. And, no. you know. And it doesn't really, it does, you know, that doesn't matter. That the, the main point that, you know, it seems that's, that's why the other side is trying to divert attention away from the weapon, you know, the AR-15 weapon that police bulletproof vests have no chance against. Things that, that you know, that, that just destroy the human body. It's not like a, like a rifle where, you know, a bullet goes through. No, this explodes the body. So we're not having a discussion on why these things aren't banned like they were, you know, I forget what year it was that we did that. That was like when Reagan got shot, does, right? Was that when they did yeah. that? It yeah. does feel like there's a little bit more talk every time. and Not by the other well, side. But the, but the other side doesn't have to because the other side has the political power to, to, to deny that. So that's why they don't have to talk about it. It's because they control the levers of power in all the places where you could actually you could actually make a change. But a quiet success story has been everything that's been going on in Michigan since the Democrats took over hmm. the uh, legislature there and they've got a Democratic governor and assault uh, gun gun laws. It's not a right to work state anymore. You know, they've they've been they've been pushing a lot of progressive or just flat out kind of sensible policies and having a yeah. lot of success while here we're signing SB 140 into law. We're about to do a private yeah. school voucher to, that will, yeah. that will gut uh, public schools in places that can't afford to have them gutted. But yeah. there are things that can happen when you take over political power. It's great to see, but it's kind of a kind of a shining star right now, and it's not happening in enough places. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious how how did Michigan turn that around? I know that changing the legislature was the key. How did they do that? Did they not have as much gerrymandering Strong, going on? They, they actually there there was a a. Propositions where if you get one hundred eighty thousand yeah, yeah. or one hundred fifty thousand signatures, you can put the proposition on the on the ballot. And on the ballot, okay. The and it, it one uh, that basically took out gerrymandering, got the votes, and overwhelmingly won. So wow. far less gerrymandered than many other states. And hey, what do you know? You know, if it if yeah. if the if the uh, districts aren't completely rigged in one side's favor, you actually see who can win some elections. 
and you actually have a democracy. You're actually passing laws that the majority of the people in that state and, want passed. And not just the, you know, the majority that, that own the gerrymandered legislature. Uh, that's, a, you know, that's another show. But who right, said we didn't right. have good news on this podcast? Right now, things are doing... <laughs> you know, I think Michigan also is, air quotes, blessed with a completely insane Republican Party, too. Oh, yeah. That was the one that... Um, what was what was their latest kerfuffle? They kind of compared something to the Holocaust. I'm drawing a blank. What was, what what, was whatever that? it was? Yeah. Usually, hundred you know, ten out of ten times, bad analogy. You know, right. don't want. And they doubled down on it. Yeah, they didn't back off. Is, they doubled which down. Which is right. classic MAGA hat uh, right. style. I was going to say to me, you know, for the people that voted the. Democrats into into power. That's got to be like, yeah, I'm glad we did this shit and, uh, for you know. sure. And and they don't have a a huge majority, but they've got enough of a majority that they are getting shit done, and right. it doesn't take an overwhelming show of force. But you gotta have people interested on a local level. And I just don't, yes. I don't feel it here. I, I, I yeah. don't feel it here. But that's a, that's a complaint that also we will, we will, we will save for another show. I have a gripe. Well, I'm, I'm curious then, mm -hmm. do we have the right here to do, um, what do you call it, a proposition or whatever? Like on gerrymandering, well, fact, do we have the right to? The fact that neither of us don't know signify that we are part of the problem. Because <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, uh, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of should. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, we should look that up because if that's a deal, I would definitely, you know, help jumpstart something like that if it's possible. I mean, that would be a step in the right direction, at least to get something on the uh, on the ballot, you know, is like... Do you, but I, I don't know. Maybe half the people in Georgia like gerrymandering because they, they don't like the uh, all the uh, you know the the devil worshiping people in Atlanta. This area, is the second you know. show in a row, <laughs> right? The devil worshiping people here. Um, if I, if they only they knew. This is the second uh, show in a row that I'm putting my Chuck Todd hat on. But I wonder <laughs> that timing for an initiative like that would seem to be everything because it does feel in some ways that the school voucher thing is gonna is going to help certain areas and other areas are really going to take it on the chin hard really hard will that disillusion people enough to say they're kind of mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore I wonder if the timing of that, are they flying too close to the sun? Hmm. And I'd love to think so. I would love to, I would love to feel better about, you know, the world if that happened. Well, because at the same time, I think they did pass the, um, the anti-trans. Quietly um, signed that into law. Right, yeah, there was there was no big hoopla no, when no um, big signing Kemp ceremony. Didn't have the cameras, no speeches. Right, you know, right. Where yeah, I'm just going to do this between friends. Yeah, if you're really but yeah, I mean, if you're yeah, proud of it. You don't you do put, that. Yeah, so you put that together with the school voucher thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then what's going to be next? Are they going to also get on the bandwagon as far as uh, you know drag? drag shows like they've done in surrounding states, uh, you know. Why, why wouldn't they? I mean, they're, 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 it won't yeah. happen this year. It, it won't happen this year, but next year is a congressional, senatorial, presidential election. Does that, does this non-topic get blown up as a huge thing in our own legislator, legislature? Could. Well, and the, you know the other thing that should be you know motivational to to people um, wanting to do away with gerrymandering is uh, the uh, the gun laws. You know where Georgia has relaxed, relaxed, relaxed. You know to the point where 
think the last thing they passed was you don't need a permit or anything to open carry. You know, so anybody can carry a gun. Jeff, 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 I think Jeff, don't get crazy. Don't be, don't be flying close, too well, close to the sun with your hopes. <laughs> I, I know, I need the Hopium pipe, right? So speaking of Hopium pipes. But you know pipes, what I'm saying is, is, no, go ahead. It's like at some point, people have to be getting fed up with why do we have AR-15s out out there? You know, it, it's certainly not a hunting rifle. I mean, although some politicians claim they go hunting with it. Politicians are going to have to lose their jobs before something like that happens. People will have well, to be voted. They will have to lose their jobs. They will have to be voted out of office. They will have. There will have to be some recrimination for unpopular political positions. If they're not getting primaried, if they're winning elections handily, if they're still fundraising and they don't have to worry about tough elections, they're not going to do shit. Ever. Right. right. That gets back to the gerrymandering issue is until that is is resolved, this problem well, isn't going to go you, away. You have to actually think it's a problem that is worthy of resolving. They don't think it's a problem. They think it's they think that they think the status quo is just a OK, baby. Yeah, because they're doing God's work. Well, you know, you know, as we are not on on this podcast. Uh, so right. do you have uh, do you have uh, a good news item to close it out or have you run out? Oh, geez. You don't. I... <laughs> you don't. Yes. Uh, I, I tried, but I couldn't. There was just too many things that were weighing me down. I couldn't think of a good news so what story. Book are, what book sorry. are you reading? <laughs> Jeff? Well, it's not a good it's not a good news book, but um, it's actually Jeff Charlotte's latest book. Um, he's the one that did the, um, the book on the family. And uh, so this latest one is called The Undertow, Scenes from a Slow Civil War. Even though your friend wouldn't say a civil war is going on. Um, you're, you're just a bunch of Pollyannas thinking the sky is falling. You don't know anything about history. That's right, yeah. So anyway, that I just, I just got the... Uh, I got that in my on my uh, bedside. Do you read any fiction, Jeff? <laughs> what? Uh, I was hoping this would be fiction, but it's not. It's all reality. No, you know what? I, I've I've entertained that idea. I have many books on my Kindle that are that are supposed to be fun fiction kind you of might, stuff. You but... might want to to break one of those out. <laughs> just to, I know it. Just to get yourself out of a rut. I'm definitely in a in a rut. Well, on that note. All right. <laughs> well, what's your good news, Jerry? Uh, well, well, no, Michigan was your know, good and, news, and it, it, and it is good news. So it does it it yeah. does mean that change is possible, but it's not going it's it not going to be easy. And it democracy is and... a participation sport, and if we're not involved yes. and we're not organized, we're going to let the church people who are continue to win. And yep. instead of complaining about it, open up your checkbooks, open up your weekend days, start volunteering, and act like it matters. Don't don't. And we will find out. Screen grab your way to to uh, democracy. Says. No, we will fi- find out in the meantime if the um, the um, what do you the. Geez, I'm drawing a blank now here. Um, where you get the signatures. Uh, the, like the, the proposition proposition kind of thing you know, if, if that is something we can actually do here in we Georgia we will find I out mean, and if so we should probably create one in the next podcast we would. yep and we will share that around our group and start Sounds from there like a plan. hit us up on Godless Podcast before Elon Musk kicks us off see y'all <laughs> you're still on there Jerry I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like that I'm like hanging on the edge of the cliff by my fingertips. <laughs> uh, I, I, I get you. I mean, it's difficult. When you send a link, I have to do it through like a browser because otherwise it, you know, the Twitter thing says, do you want to create an account? It's like, no. So, I'll try to send anyway. enough. I'll, I'll try to send things that aren't Twitter links or 
Screen grab, baby. There you go. There you can. That's another way to do it. See you in two weeks, everyone. All right. Good night. And now at Easter, I'm feeling mighty low. That dirty, rotten devil, he said he had to go. Dirty, stinking devil, I'll shoot him with my gun. He made me mad, the devil's bad, the devil is a bum. But the devil is my friend, the devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil will go, the devil is my friend. And Godzilla is my friend, Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, Godzilla, go, Godzilla is my friend. And Shrenko was my friend, and Brzezhnev was my friend. Just popped off now, Gorbachev is my friend And Frank Sinatra is my friend Frank Sinatra is my friend Wherever I go, Sinatra goes Frankie is my friend And love and rockets are my friends Love and rockets are my friends With someone that met at the party And the devil is my friend And the devil is my friend Wherever I go, the devil will go the devil